What's up, Cluchy? Yo, what's up? How you doing? Same poop, different day. Um, man, that the last time you were on, we got a bunch of people interested in our podcast. Yeah, that's good. Yes, it's awesome. Like it. yeah. How was the response for you? Um, I don't know. I got a couple people that said they heard it or like that. I kind of saw commenting about it, but you, you know. didn't, you didn't see any extra hate or any extra love then. Cause I'm, I'm happy. So. With that. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think so. I saw a, a lot of love on, on my, for, for you as well on my end, but, um, a small I amount. One of person, I know I had two or three people tell me that I should do a podcast. You should do that a was podcast. pretty much all I got. That's pretty much all I got out of it. <laughs> you, you at least have one, one future guest, if nothing else. There you go. Exactly. Shit, I can't have every every viewpoint for these Ink Masters. So then, really, you got two hundred guests. I'm sure they'll well, be I, on. Probably, yeah, I don't know if I would want to interview Ink Master people, but you oh, know. why? I already beat you to the punch, huh? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's not something I'm interested in. <laughs> They're just, it's, it's just. It's yeah. That's just not. You don't like I, us, Ink Masters. No, it's not that I don't like the people, right? Like mm -hmm. some of them, are, some people, some some people. I'm having a tough day. I think I have. I had a. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm got this new studio and, uh, I had like a homeless guy camping out of my old studio yesterday or not like, like two Did you ago. Have to deal with or I had to move. Like I just decided to move already. I like already just my, I had gotten burglarized like just a couple of months before and I was already struggling just with my anxiety in the area. So what is it in brand brand? Like today is the new, the day you open the doors on your studio, new studio. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit unplanned, but today's like what would have been like the third session. I did one. It was completely unplanned. It was just like, oh, there's a homeless guy in front of our studio. And uh -huh. the guy, customer was there. And I was like, well, I do have another place. It's not quite ready, but I could do, I could do the tattoo there. So I just gave him the address. I let the landlord deal with him over there. I put in my notice and I, and I went over here. So then yesterday I'm like, okay, my client is coming out of town, but they texted me and said that there's going to be some sort of issue. And I didn't really want to talk about this during this thing, but it is. Oh, you don't have to. Impact on how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> well, right? Okay. So yes. I explain things. So, and, and I think it's important as far as just like more, more important than talking about Ink Master. It's like, which mm -hmm. I really do want to get to. Yeah, um, no problem. That's what your podcast is. Um, but this is important for like just people that are interested in doing tattoos and people that are, and even for tattoo artists and for clients to kind of understand this, this situation and the anxiety levels. Well, here's what? what happened. I'm freaking moving, right? I get my, pull my son out of school for the day. He's kind of stoked, but you know, it's raining. So we go first thing in the morning, get the truck. The plan is to be done at two 30, ready to go and got the truck, packed the stuff, got here. It's like 12 o'clock and we're halfway through unloading the truck or almost halfway through unloading this truck. And the now lady calling. texts me, right? She goes, I'm there. Mm -hmm. We're okay. here. Where do we go? And I'm like, you're here. You said three or four o'clock. And she was like, oh, no, I texted you a few weeks ago saying switch back the time and you hearted it. So you knew. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember <laughs> that. Right. Like, I don't remember. Uh -huh. I would look. At, I looked at the text this morning. I just looked at them quick, but I saw three or four o'clock. So that's what I was planning for. I'm so sorry about the inconvenience. But there's a bar restaurant right here. They're open. They're warm. Yeah. There's, there's nobody in there. They'll let you chill for two and a half hours. Just you got to yeah. the time. I'll be ready at two thirty. I, you know, that's the time I have available. I'm so sorry about the confusion. 
And so I'm in the rain with my son in front of them because we parked right next to the bar, right? They could see okay. the window, I'm sure. We're unloading the whole truck. We bust our asses, bro. We get, the, we get it done, right? We're just like, we got to get this done. We're thinking about the lady the whole time, thinking about my client, you know, just being, trying to be th- thoughtful of them, trying to make uh-huh. sure I don't have <clears throat> stuff anymore than already is this mis- miscommunication. Can I guess what happens next? You can guess, yes. Um, she decided, uh, sorry, off, and I just, it's not working out. I've got a buzz on now, and her and her friend went and fucked the whole rest of the day off. That is, cor- that is correct, but the <laughs> first thing they did was they went on to Reddit. Oh, and they no. decided to read in 2016 when somebody, some other thing happened where my mom had tried to use my new screen printing machine and she blew ink with a fucking pressure hose all over my tattoo studio right <laughs> uh-huh. so i'm like with my client the next day and i'm fuming and my mom calls me and i like yell at her right like just what the hell mom i can't believe this happened he and then so he didn't get his tattoo done and because it wasn't finished in that day it was super complicated artwork there's just no way it would have been done and i guess i was in a weird mood right so i was uh-huh. like bro are yeah. you kidding me? like this is not going to get done today we do have to schedule another appointment he went and blew me up and he got a team of people. And it was just like a few other things happened at that same time. <laughs> a team right? of so people just, to fuck with you, you mean? Or? It was like, it's like if things don't happen perfectly because you're a celebrity at a certain level and there's this ideal situation that's envisioned, if that doesn't happen, people tear you a new asshole. They tell you. This they bitch, tend to. No, listen, bro. So mm-hmm. she fucking, I, so I, so I. Uh, she called me or I called her or something was like, Hey, here's what's going on. I got the studio open. There's a couch. It's ready to go. If you want to chill in there, that's totally cool. It's going to be this like, is, another hour. this is the group right. that was at the bar. This is the two girls that had come. Yeah. From and now it's in the rain. Right. So your plan was to be done at three or four, but it's in the four. rain. It doesn't go quicker in the rain. So we get, we okay. get it done quicker. We get done two. Th- so then this is, you this actually is did get like, done quicker though. We got done quicker, but it was probably, this was probably like uh I don't know. It was a, it was an hour and a half before I was done. So it was one o'clock and I call her she, or she calls me or whatever. I'm like, you can wait in the studio or you can just chill in the, in the restaurant. They're like, Oh, well, we'll let's check out. We'll meet you out front. So I wait for like 10 minutes in front of the thing. Finally, they call me back and like, we're just going to stay in the bar. I'm like, okay. And, and she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no problem. I'm just going to, I got to go take the truck back. I got to drop my kid off at his school and then I'm going to come back and I'll be ready to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Get the truck back, drop my kid off at school, get turn around. And I go to call her to let her know, you know, hey, just on my way back. And she's like, oh, yeah, we decided to we're on We're already on our way back to the hotel. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, we, we I'm like, you're coming back. And she's like, no, we, we're canceling. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm literally on time doing the thing I said I was going to do. Right. I kicked ass. We just kicked our we just kicked ass. Like, we right. But everything. she made an audible weeks ago and you hearted it. So right. now yeah. it's concrete. After she had told me three or four o'clock. Then she mm-hmm. just changed it back. So the only number that I could find was three or four o'clock. I don't know. I didn't see the new thing. So did then, you see that right? you had hearted it or not? I didn't even. I didn't even see that. No, uh, I okay. still haven't went back and looked because I had ended. It was just so negative. I ended up deleting the whole the whole text. Thing. So what would she do on Reddit though? You said she okay, went so back no, to Reddit. She was so no, reading check old Reddit. Mm-hmm. I, I'll get to it right because it's like mm-hmm. the, that's the end of the story. So <laughs> the, so then I'm I'm on my car. I go fuck. I don't want something to happen again like this. Uh, I can't have somebody mad at me from out of town. This is horrible. So I text her and say, right. hey, and I'm in panic. Like I said, autism thing kicks in. I mm-hmm. can't even great. I'm trying to just not have the world not crumble, right? So mm-hmm. I fucking text her like, hey, I'm so sorry. 
Like I might've called her back. I think I called her. I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry about this situation. This is not okay. It's not what I intended. Like what, you know, how much did your flight cost? How much did your hotel cost? I'll pay that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Right. Like I'll take care of it. I'll send it to you. Well, it's a big problem, but it's also awesome of you to do big problem. So, right. So she texted me and like I said, Mm -hmm. I'm still not thinking clearly. I'm still like just in this panic mode and she, and it's five 50 for the plane flight. 450 for the hotel or something like that. 400 for the hotel, something like 1000 even. Right. It was 950 altogether. So it was like four, 400 for the hotel. (laughs) That's my, sent the money 950. And then, and then of course I went in my bank account and I was like, Oh fuck, that was actually all the money after getting this new studio. That was all the money that I had. I have like a couple hundred dollars left. Fuck. So then I started really thinking about it and just like really looking at the situation going, fuck, this is not fair. That's not fair that that happens right now. Like right. what? And then, and then I go and I see the text that she sent me while I was still driving, when I was turning around, right. I, she said, she answered me before I called and it was like, you have disrespected our time. I can't believe that you're just so unprofessional. You have obviously no integrity, very low values as a human being like this really intense text message. <laughs> it just like, goes off. How, it starts talking about you as a human. now. I'm the worst human being that she's ever met. In fact, she should have listened to the Reddit articles, right? That she had read because right. that's obviously who I actually am. Wow. All this, all this horrible. It was so fucking horrible, bro. Well, like, for anybody listening, they sh- this is a good lesson, though. All right? the truth about anybody's humanity if, is if stored on Reddit. Tattoo artist moving <laughs> his tattoo supplies in the rain before your fucking tattoo appointment. Ask him what is going on and help him. Because yeah, he does give, not give want to hand. be in that situation. He does <laughs> yeah, not want to be in that situation. He doesn't want to mo- lose money that day. There's no reason that a tattoo artist, unless they're a drug addict or have some sort right. of problem, would want to lose money that day. Especially somebody that's been doing it as long as me for 20 fucking years every single day. Like, there's just no reason that I would want that to happen or do anything intentionally. So if I'm in that situation with my kid moving my fucking tattoo stuff into a new building, be compassionate. Please. That's it. Yes. Be a fucking human being. Have well, now, especially that she was meeting you at, at, at the, the, the time that was not texting. You know, I mean, like if she made it four hours earlier, so three, four like, hours earlier. You tried to blame me. She goes, you mm-hmm. tried to blame me for this problem and i'm like what no i literally just told you that's what i thought because that's the information you gave me right do you think there's any way you could have walked out of it uh, like like if if you had responded in any way different i know that you couldn't i would have controlled the actions like the day had to go at the time schedule Mm -hmm. here's here's something i could have done if i would have walked into the restaurant instead of just continued to move i would have stopped and mm-hmm. thought for a second and been like, let me give my, let me at least give a little bit of customer service in this yes. situation. I would have walked in the restaurant and I would have said, Hey guys, I'm so sorry. I got my kid, you know, just explain the situation. No. Them, did really you meet their eyes at all? Did you like make eye contact at I any didn't point? Even really? See them at all. I didn't even okay. see that. Yeah. So if I would have yeah. got out of my autism for a second, you know what I'm saying? Just like, I do. Surprise. That's why. And that's kind of where I wanted to, the only, um, that I was bothered by, maybe we got hate somewhere else i was slightly bothered and i'm not mad at people about their but sometimes people are we're so quick to make judgments about and and it's not just a judgment it's like a final one like i've decided that you are this you will never be anything better you cannot even appeal to be anything better you now belong in hell see you 
Even if like, I found out that I'm wrong, I've already been, ju- I've already judged you. So I'm not going, I'm, I have too much pride or whatever. Right. We can't back. Mm-hmm. Can't back out of it. Well, that's so some people, the last time when you were on about a month ago, Hey, happy 420, by the way. Hey, and my song's out today. Yes. And you're dropping yes. a song. Perfect timing to have this, this kind of a hectic schedule going on. Huh? I was supposed to be so stoked today doing tons of posts. And, no. and it's not even that you were supposed to be stressed today, like, today my clients like sticking <laughs> me in a very narrow window today with a prepaid session oh like, you got another like, one today today no he's a great client i'm finishing his back piece oh, cool. today doing the whole thing but he's got he went we were you know he's not being bad he's just i texted him was like hey you know i'm i'm this is where i'm at now and he's like oh shit that cuts another half hour out of my day because i have something going on tonight so it's like oh, more goodness. stress everything's everything's minute to minute you know Welcome to life, huh? But yeah, we we I ran at the community <laughs> headquarters. This isn't just a tattoo studio. This is a fucking music music floor, bro. Like I got this is what you were talking about when we were talking last. That you were yeah, I got, the, I got the actual music studio next right next to my tattoo studio. So I'll be able to get up and just walk right into the office next door and just keep starting making yeah. music as I'm done tattooing. <laughs> and then next door is the studio, like it's the full recording studio. Awesome. That's like my homie zone. So it's just so fucking sick. So does this is this uh exponentially more expensive than your last place too? Then because it's two venue or two uh you know, you know I don't necessarily think that's public information, <laughs> but no, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not good. No, good job. Great. No, it's great. It's great. It actually actually opened up uh, enough finances to hire a full time media a media guy to do cool. content to create content which i have a full office for him too it's fucking we're, we're going bro i'm not even fucking around i've got a song coming out another song coming out in two weeks and then after that it's going to be a song out every week until my uh until my vocal cords fucking fall out of my asshole or whatever <laughs> is that <laughs> where you keep, where you keep them now i mean they would have to <laughs> yeah, it'd be like quite a journey but you know <laughs> like lemmy winks or something exactly yes well, yeah, brother, that's, that's um, that's the only hate old. I got from you was for uh, your self-diagnosis of autism. So I wanted to go over that a little bit with you because I'm betting at this point, it's not so much just a self-diagnosis. Didn't you say you're working with a therapist? Yeah, I just did seven months of like really intense. It was like a one-on-one therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, Did your therapist ever um, bring it up? Like, hey, we, you're we not talked autistic. About it. We talked about it a lot. So it w- they weren't there to diagnose me, but it wasn't that, you know, like, I don't really, for, for somebody that's in my situation, right. It's like, mm-hmm. why would I want to be autistic? I get that. That was my biggest dying. And also to some extent, I know this does, it doesn't translate everywhere, but if I take on the um, stigma of a problem, right. Like I embrace that, like, okay, this is my stigma, you know? It's not a happy one. It, right. Do I not have. OK, so maybe maybe you think that I'm not this like I don't deserve the stigma or whatever. Right. But wait a second. Nobody wants to stick me. Right. Well, like, that's it's not something yeah, that so, you ran so, to. What's the benefit? If I were to go over all of the specifics about being autistic, do mm-hmm. you think you would relate to even one of those things? Well, I love wearing headphones. When right, you said that last reason. time, I suddenly was like, holy shit, dude, because I'll, I'll get I got headphones on right now. I'll get right. done and I'll start walking around the house with them on. And right. I fucking love it. 
Yeah, I like I have to realize, and I take them off. My ears feel cold, and suddenly I'm accosted by the real world. You know, my little safe space is a bit. Uh, right. I don't know, but other than that, um, there the, the there are several thing things really that I do off. not like. I have no problem meet, meeting people with the, like. I understand there's weight to somebody's eye gaze, but I don't really have a problem doing looking at somebody's eyes you know what i mean where, and i feel like my first impulse in, in your situation might be oh, different in, in your situation from today i'm sorry to keep cutting my eyes like but but i um i feel like my like if i dealt with that uh situation where you're in the rain i think i would have went to the bar and like greeted them for a second totally. shook hands yeah. made mm-hmm. eye contact and i bet that just like you said i bet that would have been a different situation yeah. bought them and their first drink or something it. Right. And you don't, which to me says that's definitely a possibility of autism. Also, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like if somebody tells me they're a leper, you know, I don't need to sit there and be like, you're not a leper. Let me scrape your skin and eat it. Like, I don't know how leprosy is passed, but (laughs) here's the point of saying it. Right. And for me to even identify it, it's to make it so that it's easier for me to get through the world. Mm-hmm. Right. If I can, if I can say to somebody, Hey, I'm going to have, I'm going to have reactions that might be strange to you. I'm going to say things that might be strange to you, but it's because I have some autistic stuff going on. Yes. Like then when it happens, they're not fucking putting me up with everybody else going, Hey motherfucker, why are you acting like that? They're having patience and understanding because I actually, I actually am a compassionate, loving person that's coming from a genuine place. I have no yeah. desire for conflict. I have no desire for people to think I'm bad or mean. In fact, I have a strong desire because this has been my life constantly to be the about what it is that I'm doing that affects how other people think about me. And, and you know, what did I say? Okay. What's the look on my face or what's the tone of my voice that might make people think something that isn't actually what I intended. It's very difficult to navigate. So to let people know like, Hey, I might end up being weird. Yeah. And just please understand that's not intended to offend you or to like make you uncomfortable. That's just sometimes how I act because of how my brain works. Is that at all part like, of your toward autism? But if you do, mm-hmm. people say, I understand my child is autistic and they go yeah. and, and then they, then they, then they, then they de- deal with me with compassion and treat me with love and, and understanding. And then my experience goes well. What you has know? been, has this been um, then part all of new. your, well, when you begin talking with the customer, do you then start almost there? You're oh, like, hell check no. it out. I don't, mention, okay. I don't mention it to my customers really usually, I don't think, unless there's something oh. I do that's weird, right? And then it's like, oh, that that's, <laughs> sorry. Like, then I'll let them know. Like, sorry, that's just like autism. I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not like fucking trying to overtake yeah. the conversation or I'm not trying, you know, like, what? I didn't mean to not text you or call you. I just couldn't fucking get through the moment or whatever if you were a terrible person okay not that you are if you were right. what benefit would you get could you see a benefit to claiming you were right. autistic when you right were? right if there was some if there was some sort of motive to do that for some malicious reason what what could that possibly be oh i'm asking i'm trying i've been trying to rack my brain for a month because <laughs> because it it there's no reason people no risk. Like, that's, like saying, hey, that's like in the 1990s saying hey i'm gay well what yeah. reason could you want to have that fucking literally when, the whole when you weren't gay 
I did that in the nineties though. Cause I'm a weirdo, I guess, but I, I didn't say, Hey, I was gay, but I, I, uh, it, it was easier to get girls to accept you and be nice. You're like, I had a lot of gay friends, I guess. Yeah. And I felt like if they like all of these girls that I would know or like, they always seemed to like my gay friends first. Right. I was like, what? So maybe, maybe if I kissed a guy, is that what's going to get him? But no. Well, people don't usually like the autistic people because they're just weird. They're that weird group that has been labeled in society as like, what's, what's wrong with them? They, they, They can understand each other. But most people just dismiss them. And I just you know um, sort of other shit going on, too, where I just also have this intense passion and desire to make something of myself. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's like, team that yeah, together and you might different. be a hard guy to get along with in the room. Yeah, exactly. I might be the hardest guy to get along with in the room. And in a situation like Ink Master, I am the hardest yes. guy to get along with in the room. Certainly in a room of 16 of us competing for the same title. Where everybody else has decided to like be do it with peace and love and, yeah. and you, know. you know I learned from you quite a bit actually. Um, I learned that I really sucked at uh, manipulating manipulating is the wrong word, but at uh, helping my client pick a better tattoo. There you, you know? go. It's it's the perfect word on Ink Master when you're trying to make somebody look a certain way. You know what I'm saying? You use manipulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If I put it on you when the cameras were on, I wasn't going to say it so nice. Cameras were on. I'm like, you just manipulated that that girl into getting that tattoo not in her underarm, which actually you weren't able to get it out of her underarm. (laughs) I uh, I was there was no way I was going to do that. So when you when you know that that's well, and and that's the thing, though, is it's like you aren't manipulating anything if you're actually doing the right thing. Right. Like, so if your Mm -hmm. intent is is positive. And it also benefits you. Like every time I moved a tattoo, it was because that was what was best for the situation. And like, for the client, right? And for the client. Like if they want that tattoo finished and good, and I have the limit that's the time, well, guess what? There's only, you can only choose really one controlling factor when it comes to a tattoo session. There's not, that's how I, that's how I describe it to people, right? You can't, you can't say, well, I want a whole back piece and I want it in six hours. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I and I want it to be this certain subject matter that, oh, and I want it to be like geometrical uh, black work, but also I want it to be realism in color. Like you can't do that. You have to choose one thing and then that control. Okay. Six hours. Sweet. Well, what does that now control? It controls the size. Yeah. It controls the amount of detail. It controls really whether I'm doing a black and gray or color because I can do black and gray way fucking faster, three times as fast. Right. Because the other stuff you have to do technically proper still. Like if you rushed through the color and it's not saturated, they're going to be mad about that. Even though you met their timeline, like I got it done in four hours. What are you mad about? It's not even about that. It's that you're not even producing quality work at that point. Right. Yeah. How are you supposed to do exactly what they tell you to do the design wise and do it in the specific amount of time you have? And, and keep the cl- quality any of the f- things that are required for you to create quality work and do it the size they want and in the place you want motherfucker you're going to lose some of those things because you've already chosen one thing so now it chooses how big it can be right so, so another really thing i learned from you huh? on the show another thing i learned from you on the show besides uh helping your client 
and and actually the importance of that like putting i don't know if i ever dealt with it so much before where we had canvases because they weren't coming to us because of us they were coming to us because of the imagination of what they might get like they might get the best ink master but yet they know there's bad there's there's bad art that has come out of the show as well so now they're in a precarious situation if you follow me where they're like how do i get what i want get quality and still trick this guy into thinking he can win with with my stupid tattoo idea well and here's the thing is that they're not actually any different than any other clients really right they're well except the for the time constraints but yeah that's all the time constraint. but people do have well, budget constraints and that's also it, a time Right. Your customers generally come to you because they've seen your work. I mean, that used to be how it was before Ink Master. Oh, now they do, now they just call up and they, they haven't even looked at your work. Now they well, now they just saw me on Ink Master, which well, is my saw work. Your work there too. Which is, no, yeah, they didn't not, see my work there, bro. You did a lot of your kind of like um one that always stands out to me was the Bane. That's your style, right? And yeah, that really I mean, beautiful co- um flower you did with like the bee in it or butterfly or something. So, those were the it closest was a cover things, up. but 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 my work is is fucking huge usually. That's why you don't see it because it takes years to do. Right on. So they didn't get to see anything that I do. You know, I'm not going to do a flower, or even really that portrait in my in my day to day situation. You know what I'm saying? So th- that's what it turned into, though, is people showing up going, "I want a flower." It's like, well, I do body <laughs> shit, bowl fault for 15 years now. You know what I'm saying? I do this yeah. whole big thing. Like that's not what that's not what I'm doing. But so how do you take a, what I'll do? I just do so it right now. <laughs> a client comes in and they're feeling like that. I've seen you on TV. I love that flower you did. I love that bait. I would right. like a tattoo. So where do you start so that well, you can get them to have, see bigger? I explained that I have two different ways of tattooing, right? One is mm-hmm. where I listen to what their idea is and I do the best that I can with exactly what they tell me to do, right? The other way is where I design three paintings and they choose one and those are the two options that they have and if you're, they're going to get a painting it's going to be in my style it's going to be something that they don't get to choose they don't get to manipulate it they don't get to change the butterfly into a lizard you know what i'm saying it's going to be my yeah. my thing that they're getting because they they want to collect my artwork but other than that i'll do the thing that they want but i don't take very many of those people right like the thing that i the thing that they want isn't usually the thing that i want to do Right. Oh, I just usually I'll take some of them because some of them are really cool, but usually it's not. Some of them are really cool as far as people, or some of them are really cool as, as, as designs. As everybody comes off really cool as people. In the first well, this meeting. lady, this today, she didn't. And not not today, not when she showed up. But she, well, I mean, I don't know. She didn't come off at all. The only thing that came off negative was the fact that she left in her one text message. I didn't actually see her. You know what I'm saying? But when right. I did the meeting with her, she was fine. She seemed great. She was excited. She was ready to do it. I was excited. It was a portrait of her daughter. I know she really wanted it. And I don't, and I'm not mad at her for being upset. I have understanding and compassion. I just wish she would have had that for me too. You know what I'm saying? Right. I feel as though this, and not that it's your, I mean, I'm not trying to put blame at your feet, but I am thinking that if you have autism and I believe that you do, I've met you, (laughs) we've lived together. And I'm not saying it's like this been this debilitating until you said it, it didn't make sense. But when you said it, I'm like, like, what's this guy? What's his problem? Yeah. But at that point, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes and it gives me compassion for you. It's like trying to understand Kanye without understanding mental health. 
you can't. <laughs> good, good analogy. And it's true. Right. Good and analogy. Passion for him. He's just elevated. So people don't think that he's allowed to be different. Elevated, uh, higher status of, of wealth. And, uh, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, he's a huge celebrity. And I feel like that's what is currently kind of afflicting me and making it so that this tattoo thing isn't very, isn't, isn't the best situation is, for me. Is what, uh, your celebrity? The celebrity. Yeah. Or, or the lack of understanding that people have, because now if you reach celebrity, then you can't have problems. Unless I make that, you know what I'm saying? Unless I, unless I'm open about it the whole time. That's what I, talk I do about. know. I because, I uh, <laughs> I, I've often, you know, I didn't win, you know, <laughs> And uh, and I, I didn't win any money from this show, but yet people will see me and simply me being alive and doing the things that I love. They will be yeah. like, man, I'm so glad to see you're doing so good now. You don't have to worry about the foreclosure anymore. Like all your money problems are taken care of. And it's like, actually, that's still very relevant in my day to day. You know, right. like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's I do it myself. Like if I think on the Kardashians or if I think on Kanye, you know, and, and I didn't read his latest crazy post or whatever that like shows a mental, a person that needs help with mental health, then, um, then I think the same, like, oh, Kanye's got it. It's all golden rainbows for him. You know, meanwhile, you can see uh, because everything he's that you don't have, everything that you don't have that you want, you think is what solves all of the things that you struggle with like you think that money and fame and luxury and fashion not you necessarily but people in general think right. that, that somehow eliminates suffering and it, it does, does in some ways but it, it doesn't it, it doesn't eliminate the human part of suffering right the internal part mm -hmm. take that away That's what do you know about happen. um i think sometimes it could make it worse like it you follow me like it puts a magnifying glass right like right. in my current glass and it isolates mm -hmm. you. Yeah. I, I'm I, in my current economical situation. I'm wherever I'm at, but it ain't mm -hmm. so bad. Nobody expects so much more of me. But once you get up to that higher level, right, then right. people expect you now to continue with great successes. And if you have uh, a stutter step, then they're ready just to write you off like, OK, mm -hmm. never, not even relevant. But, anymore. Here, but here's what Kanye understands about that, that is the perfect, the perfect uh, synchronicity of or like the perfect match of two, right? The fan has that, mm -hmm. has that, th that thinking, but Kanye knows that that's actually not true, that that's kind of what it feels like. But the truth is, is that when you have a stutter, people give you more money. If that makes any sense <laughs> in the long run, right? It, more leeway then. As well, you're going to get maybe, but you're going to get more fans. People are going to pay attention to you more because with every hater mm -hmm. that it's it's there's a hundred supporters behind them that are quiet, right? But there's a couple of haters okay. that are loud. But the, but so every time you get a couple more haters, you just gained a hundred new fans. Is that why success is usually has a long string of haters behind it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that's haters are the loudest, so that's what hurts. Right, I follow you, be, but the success is based off all the people that were supporting you, but they're just quiet. They don't need to yell quiet, about it. But they're quiet. Yeah, so they might not even be following you on Instagram. That's the real thing. A lot of haters okay. are following me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole lot of other people. There's what like 22 million people that subscribe to Netflix. That's 
on top of already the people that have viewed. And I would say there's not too many people that haven't seen Eve Master at this point that, that have Netflix. Not too many that yeah. I know of. Yeah. I haven't seen all the episodes of Eve Master, which means I got 85,000 followers on Instagram, but that's not an indicator to what I have. Support you really have. The support right. that's truly there once I actually put something out that can reach the audience, which isn't tattooing. Yeah, Kluchy. Kluchy. Yes. With this podcast or your podcast. With the music, bro. Yeah. The music. <laughs> I'm writing every I day. I, get it. I, I wish that I wish that I could easily show what's happening right now in my life with the music. I've got a feature with this guy named Marty Baller that's part of the Aesop crew that just kind of happened. He's okay. coming out to do a video. It's a big deal. Like it's big. It's kind of a big yeah, I've heard of Aesop, right? Deal. Yeah. Aesop's I mean, fables, first off. I've heard of as we were kids and we watched what Rocky and Bullwinkle. But yeah, also, is, oh, go ahead. Uh, Aesop was is some kind of rap. Um, I don't it's know, like a group. publication group. It's like a but group, then, right? And there's a couple of a couple of guys like Aesop Ferg is one okay. that's pretty popular, and he was his like hype guy, and now is his is his own artist. You know what I'm saying? He's doing it. He's putting out a bunch of albums, he's and he's working with you. Album. Yeah, I mean, I got a feature with him, which means that I have a song that he's on. Yeah, if that makes any sense. So I'm putting out a song. No, it does. Him fucking sick bro I and mean, he's kind of i find a lot of similarities happening. there with podcasting yeah um in that it, it or i imagine i'm not that far into it right but it's been growing really well mm-hmm. and at my first thought might be something like you say hey i'm thinking about having a podcast too i'd be like oh, i don't have me on it i don't want anything i don't want to help you said i got my own i'm trying to do this and you go you know but in reality if we watch the rap world as well when a rapper is featured on another mm-hmm. rapper's album, it doesn't hurt. So Snoop Dogg right. came down and he did. A lot of people don't know it. He did a song with ICP, Insane Clown mm-hmm. Posse. Um, and so yeah. when he does that, though, did you be like, oh, no, fucking he sucks? No, that didn't happen. Yeah. Everybody still loves Snoop Dogg. Everybody However, a bunch of ICP fans who now might not. They, they're kind of obscure. Mm-hmm. They might like Snoop Dogg. But after he was on the ICP album, of course, now they love him. Now they love him. Right. Yeah. So, so it, it actually gathers together, coalesces and kind of groups. And so what I'm finding is, uh, fuck yeah, have me on your podcast. That's what I'm finding. I mean, it's one of the biggest ways to success is being op- having open arms. You know, when you meet an artist that, that wants to come up, you put them on stage with you. And then, and then when they come up, they're going to do the same thing. It's just how it works. You have to do it. You have to just constantly be, you know, if you're coming up, you have to be constantly pulling people up with you because those people are going right. to come up, with, you know, anyways. And there you, you go. So it's good humanity. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be yes. your life. That's what's going to happen with the rest of your life. Yeah. So. Some people will imagine that if they don't pay any attention to somebody um, that they will somehow stop <laughs> and they're not going to. They still have that passion, fire and drive. You might be sitting next to them now and you're their equal and you never even helped them you know you're you're uh you're on the same status level now but you didn't help them and so now you kind of just fuck that guy that guy doesn't like you either you know or that guy ain't gonna try and help you um it ain't right (laughs) i'm uh i wanted to address the autism thing because i I wanted more verification myself i guess um to see if you had conjecture from your therapist did they say I should probably go to get a diagnosis. Well, like what's it going to change? 
I, I mean, still, yes and I no. Go, I mean, I just, just I, I, I manage everything in my life and I have autism. So it's like, fucking, that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> you know, everything <laughs> right. that I've accomplished at this point, I'm, I'm really happy about it. I just hired a personal trainer. I've got a personal finance person. Like these are huge. You just hired a personal trainer. Yep. You get to get all buff and stuff. It's actually Travis Barker's personal trainer. Ex- he used to be Travis Barker's personal trainer, but he, it's more that's about not a good. I mean, come on, bro. <laughs> I, I watched Travis Barker. He was in the commercial where he got buff, but um, Travis Barker, I just seen him on Kardashians, right? He, he's yeah, like, I mean, uh, he's, he's, not a, the, he's not a big guy. The, the, I'm not trying to turn into a big guy. Okay. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get fit so I can uh, get my mind right and become a, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get a, become a big guy. I'm just no, trying to lose a little bit of weight, get rid of the dad bot a little bit, get ready to get on stage. That's going to take some effort. You know what I'm saying? Don't so you get baggy clothes that, in the rap world still? Say that again. Don't you get to wear baggy clothes in the rap world still? Right. But you still have to like perform on stage. Oh, okay. And I don't want to just do a, like a walk around performance. I want to do a whole right. deal. You don't want to do the grab me a stool, the big pun performance. Yeah, I might. I might grab a stool for a second, but the rest of it yeah. needs to be, you know, like. So it's like not only that, but it's just like everything I'm trying to uh, accomplish every single day takes an incredible amount of physical effort. It's not just doing a tattoo session. It's doing a tattoo session and a recording session every day. You know, it's intense. And on top of that, marketing, you know, so it's like these things are difficult for me, but I'm learning like that was part of my therapy was learning skills on how to cope with things that I do struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, And being able to like just do things that might have taken me you know way more effort or way way harder now i'm able to just like schedule it and make you know i found it that i can't really do anything unless i have a person there and that's why the personal trainer is going to really help but if i don't have a meeting set i'm not doing it right i'm not going to do it probably um unless it's in my house you know like this like having the recording studio right next to me is is almost necessary for me to be able to do this I understand you know, that I've you know. never been able to really, really go to a gym. I've always worked out pretty much my whole life, but going to a gym is it takes so much out of your day. You got 15 minutes to drive there. You know, you got to shower there unless you want to get stinky into your car. Uh, so you got another 15 minutes there. It's so 15 minutes back. You're in 45 minutes into a workout and you haven't even done any working out. Now yeah, these guys came right to my house. I, I did it in my living room, bro. The, the personal training? Yeah. Right on. I like that. I, I like that a lot for, you know, body weight can do a lot. If you're having a, if you're like push-ups ain't enough for me, try them with one arm. Like body oh, weight squats ain't like enough the, for me. Try them with the, one leg. The, the elbow to hand kind of working your way up and down. That shit's really, I don't know. But for, for, for somebody like me, any, everything's going to be really, I haven't done any workout stuff for a very long time. <laughs> the military, when was the right? last time you were, uh, okay. I was wondering. I got pretty active like when I was married after that a few years later. And then I've done little stints of, of trying, but I always just say, say, stay pretty skinny and I'm so tall. Um, so I've never really had, you know, like a, a real reason to be like, oh man, now I do yeah. it's because I have uh, like high blood pressure stuff to do. with. So that's why that's the most. Do you smoke reason. cigarettes? I don't. Uh-uh, I quit. Good on you. Oh, good. Good for you. I was going to say, oh, if you I had high blood say. pressure, though, I wondered I if it went to together. Mm-mm. No, it may be maybe because of my past, but I think it's hereditary. Um, what, smoking? No, the, the high blood pressure. Oh, OK. I follow. Yeah. One so other thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to tell you really quick with the trainer. To yeah. get that over with. He uh, did like a test to, to test how old my body is. 
Cause I uh-huh. guess you can have a body that's like older than your actual age or a little bit younger than actual age. And he said, most people are about seven years older than their actual age. Okay. Um, Where were you? 15 years younger. I was. So you don't even need them. That's crazy. I have, well, I need to be fit, but. Well, no, I, if I'm, if I'm a personal trainer, I'm going to lie to you about that maybe i guess i mean he showed me the he showed me the thing and he showed me where where everybody else kind of is and, right. and why would you lie to somebody if they have if they're if their body's older why would they lie that's going to be the wrong information that they you know what i'm saying they need they need to know what they're actually dealing with so they can do the right physical training stuff to get them in the right situation but to lie it, to that person doesn't make any sense it's not a sales well pitch. at the point that he says hey you're 15 years younger than you actually are you're like oh fuck i guess you don't need paycheck i'm doing good i'll call you in 15 right. years that's the worst thing to say to somebody yeah, exactly. well we'll see you we'll see you in 15 years right i mean why do i need right. to be but younger he my, you know he knew what my goals were and shit and it's, so it's right. not about my age but it was nice to hear that like i i do feel like i look quite a bit younger than i than i am um i do feel quite a bit younger but that that actually has some sort of physical like like you know some sort of real thing in the world it's not just how yeah. i feel it's real I yeah actually, there's a I real did, metric for you yeah i actually did something really positive for myself by stopping drinking at 23 you know what i'm okay, saying like yeah 20 years of not drinking kept me not have i haven't aged really you know like that's fucking awesome. without I the preservative and you still haven't aged huh pretty good yeah not bad <laughs> let me tell you something else i learned from yannick masters okay. uh, um when when we were there i mean we already knew that well you became a target quick do you want I mean, to hear how to happen though do you want to hear mm-hmm. how the target happened yeah, really quick okay yes. so i'm sitting in the fucking meeting i'm kumbaya with everybody else but then I get, I don't remember what her name was, Andrea, or not not Andrea, somebody else, one of the fucking producers. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on the deck, I'm walking upstairs and she starts just bitching. She just starts going, this fucking is going to be the worst fucking show. These are the worst fucking, this is the worst crew. You guys are all fucking kumbaya. There's going to be no conflict. Hopefully your guys' tattoos are good enough for people to fucking watch uh-huh. the show because nobody's going to watch this. This is going to be the last season of Make Master. She says that really? walking up behind me to me, really, right? Like, but she's Whoa. kind of just addressing. She's not really trying to talk to you. She wants you to hear she's it. Putting right? thoughts in my mind. She's putting I, thoughts I in my mind. Yeah. Right. So then, producer style, mm-hmm. real manipulative. Like. Real manipulative. So now oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Fucking... Did you hear that? I was just thinking to myself out loud about how much yep. you suck. Exactly. Exactly. So then I'm fucking just. just I want to. I'm. I'm driven. I'm the most driven mm-hmm. person I know. Right. I'm driven. I'm not saying more driven than anybody else there. I don't want to compare myself because I don't know each person like in their own parts, but I was as driven as I could be to make the best of the situation for my fucking future, for my kids. Yeah. For my so future. you hear that and you, it's like a challenge almost for you. Huh? You're like, we're going to make like, this interesting. It's like a, it's like a crisis, bro. It's a crisis. It's not a challenge. It's a crisis. Oh, now we're here right crisis. More important. The, mm-hmm. the reason that you're here is now already failing because of the way that everybody else is acting. Right. Right. So then I'm sitting at the couch in that scene, right. With fucking, I, I don't know if you were in it. I don't remember. I know that uh, danger was in it because he was the one I was talking to. And I've got the same producer is crouching behind the couch behind me. Right? Okay. And I'm just in the conversation and she goes, are you here to win? Are you here to learn? Are you here to be ink master? And I'm like, Oh shit my brain goes, they're putting you on TV right now and they're giving you an opportunity to fix this problem, okay. this crisis. They're giving you the tools to fix the mm-hmm. crisis. 
right? And, and so even dropping the line because you kind that was pretty close to what you said. That's exactly what I said. Well, you said, said it to exactly mystical though, right? No, I said it's danger because he was like, oh, I don't really do biomechanical, but I tried to do it here. And she gave me the line. Are you here right. to fucking learn? Are you here to be master? And then, and then everybody, he goes, what? You know, like super confused. What the fuck <laughs> did, just did he hear her say that? Huh? No. Did he hear no, her say whispered that? that shit, bro. No, nobody saw her. Nobody knew she was there. Except <laughs> and she was behind the couch. Behind the couch, whispering in my ear, bro. Like Cyrano de Bergiac shit. Yep. So then I realized <laughs> that it was working, mm-hmm. right? And I fucking went for it all the way. And they didn't talk right. to me again. They didn't talk to me again after that, bro. They didn't say Producers. another word. Yeah, they didn't talk to me yeah. one more time after that. They started talking to everybody else. Right. Then they wouldn't right. talk like, like now we got to steer this up. Bro. Yeah. They fucking ghosted me. I would go to them and be like, why did you spend all this time talking to me at first? And now right. that everybody fucking hates me, all you do is talk to them. Why won't you talk to me now? Why? What's right. going on here? I'm so confused. Like, what is? What did you gather from that? What did you figure was their intent? That they were going around to each person and manipulating them to hate me. They were telling them what to think about me so that they could mm-hmm. have a fucking show. They were creating their story. Well, one is as soon the person who was who was going to do their will and make that was going to be cast aside or, or you know i'm or, or they were gonna have a target on their back singled out you yeah know? singled out, singled yeah. out. yes for, on purpose sure. yeah so was, and so that pissed me off right so now i'm in this right it's almost like they screwed you like they they kind of knew where it was leading and they set these little traps up of entrapment for you and then when you find yourself right where they wanted you to be and mm-hmm. doing the things that they wanted now they're like all right good luck with that you're in the middle of the ocean by yourself exactly exactly You've got this. Good luck. <laughs> I um I know that it was nice. It was com- comfortable with you in the house because uh you kind of knew if there was a, a tattoo going across some guy's butt, Josh was getting it. You know what I right. mean? And if there was an years. armpit tattoo, yeah. Josh was getting yeah. it. You had already set yourself up as that. And then it was just kind of, you know, just go with the flow it, yeah, for everybody you, but- there. But you're all, you could, were all fucked up. You were all fucked up. You had it. You yeah. all had it wrong. Everybody had it wrong. Yeah. Except me. Yes, and right. I mean, you had it wrong as much to be on their side as you find because no. you're not on their yeah. side, but no, to listen, do their work. Because then you find yourself in the middle of the ocean by yourself. But However, that's where you want to be, bro. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Because they called me right after the show had had they just finished editing, and the yeah. editor I don't remember their name, but I remember they were there. They call. Uh, they were there filming. They called me and they said, "Hey, Josh, we just wanted to let you know that what you went through wasn't for nothing." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "Well, the winner of Ink Master usually gets this is the most aired person because we go back and edit them as the most person because they won. Right. They get fucking. They get fucking twelve minutes of airtime. Right. And uh-huh. then they go. They go. You get forty five minutes." Of airtime, like what the fuck are you talking about? She goes, every time one of those people gave you the armpit or the ribs, they made the episode about you. About you, yeah. So as they were thinking they were saving themselves from this being that you know, they're your insecurity. Oh, I'm gonna look yeah. like an idiot. Oh, I'm gonna this or that. They were giving what? me their fucking opportunity. 
Yes. They're just giving it to me, just giving it to me, just giving it to me every single fucking day. And, and, and so I learned from that. And on season two, I went back and everybody was acting a fool because they thought that's what had gotten the arguments was what had gotten the, the TV times. So they were fucking starting all okay. these stupid fights and being crazy. And I'm like, bros, you guys go ahead and do that. Just give me the worst canvas every time. <laughs> okay. And they yes. fucking, that's why they wouldn't let me back, bro, on Ink Master, honestly, is because Wait, what, you were back. Oh, oh, you mean after the marijuana or something or what? No, after after they figured out what the fuck I was doing to control the fucking story. But like who wouldn't let you on? Andrea or... back on another season of Ink Master. No, I did the little I did the little the little shit. I, I did the little uh, redemption thing. Yeah, the little episode or whatever. But that was just so they closed the story on me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Give him some money. Get, he's got a little win here and close the story. But it was it was because I was actually manipulating the show by telling each person, hey, you're going to get your airtime with all this drama. And you can ask anybody on season fucking five. I've told, this is the conversation we had with each one of them. And not even that. I would They would ask me, well, can you just show me some of what you do? I would sit down with people and fucking spend hours like teaching them tattoo skills. Like probably, I don't want to name names. But mm-hmm. they know who they are, you know what I'm saying? That that then went and like got great praise for their tattoos, and they actually said that like in front of the judges. Like I just wanted to thank Josh because he fucking sat me down and taught me more in ten minutes than I learned in ten years. And, and how I, much of that made it into the show? That, bro. <laughs> I was wondering. They didn't air any of it, <laughs> right? And it, even that when I was funny. like, even when they would, they wouldn't announce. They they didn't announce a winner one time. I had clearly won. They didn't announce a winner, and I go, hey. To the producer, like, what the fuck? Why didn't they announce a winner? I clearly won. And they're like, oh, don't worry, Josh. You look like a fucking rock star today. You, like, literally had two or three people up, like, thanking you in front of the judges for teaching them. Don't worry. And I'm like, you're not going to air that. I know you're not going to air that. Right. Yeah. So, so why? So it's not so like so my all this is still and, that and then tell me that's why I'm special. Like, no. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. But, yeah, <laughs> I learned... I, that was what that was about. Like uh, when, when people started giving me all the shitty canvases, mm. it definitely was, you know, like Helpful, me almost. facing something difficult kind of, but it, but because that's how the world works, right. When you have to go through something that's hard and everybody else around you goes, well, it's just more comfortable to keep making it hard for this guy. It makes it easier for me. So yeah. we're all going to do it. Guess what? That guy wins. Everybody else loses. That's how it works. That makes sense, because uh, really, I, I've got a lot from Nunez. If it, the very next time, it wasn't the contestants that were doing that to me or, or giving yeah. me that opportunity, but Nunez did. Right. The and he would even in the moment, set the it up you were going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing you're going, fuck, why does this have to happen to me? Yes. Why, this isn't fair. Yes. I should have oh, an easy yes. time. I should just be winning and doing tattoos and everything great. Why, did, what I visual, why isn't what I'm visualized happening right now? And you get upset, but then you have to look at it later and go, well, that that's what I'm supposed to go through in order to gain anything yeah. in my life. That's how it works. You got to climb over the rock if you want to get to the fucking grass, bro. You know, it's not going to be easy. Huh? Not going to be easy. Well, I mean, it's going to get easier. The harder you push towards your goal and are consistent, right? I, I see it as a, it's like people talk about the mountain. You got to reach the top of the mountain. I just wrote a song about this, actually. I don't mm-hmm. know if it'll be my one or not, but it's called the never ending, the never ending hill. And it's saying, I'm not visualizing. Sisyphus? Huh? Like Sisyphus in hell. I don't know that. 
story. No, he pushes the boulder up the hill just to have it fall back down. Right. So this is no boulder, right? There are those that say he enjoys the struggle of pushing it up and that it's actually not a hell for him, that he's in a perfect rut for himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. And he's got really big quads. That the hill doesn't ever end. That's how I do okay. it. Right? <laughs> right on. And as you keep walking up, that boulder gets smaller and smaller. And eventually there's no boulder and you're just walking up the hill. And as you keep on going up that hill, that never ends. Mm-hmm. It becomes more fruitful and more fruitful and more. All you have to do, you don't have to run up that fucking hill. You don't have to create a fucking monster truck to climb up it. You just got to take steps. You just got to walk. You can, and, and if you walk that? slowly, the more likely your thing will come. Because you can take that next step because it's easy because you just took an easy step. Right. Well, bang. if you start building scaffolding and ladders and things to get you there, it You're depends on the foundation there. of those things. Well, they might get you there quicker, but the foundation of those things may collapse and you you have more momentum on your fall down. There you go. I like that. <laughs> this is all stupid, though, really. We're just, I mean, not that it is, it, but then I'm sorry. For me, it's powerful parts to I was visualizing there are more like Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just, I, I was struggling because I was visioning on the top of this mountain and it was seemed just impossible, right? Like, God, this is, I, I could, I, I'll probably die. Like, and if I get to the top, guess what? I want to go back down to the bottom of that mountain or get rescued by a helicopter as soon as fucking possible. I do not want to be up there. This. I don't want to be up there. So guess what? It's not a mountain anymore. It's a never ending hill, hill that I get to keep climbing and I can stop whenever I want. And I can also start fucking my life up and go back down that hill if I want to, but I'm just going to keep taking steps every day. And like I said, that's just, it's all about being a good human being, having good humanity and pursuing your dreams. And that's, that's, what's going to make things work for you. You know, (laughs) you got to do it. The other thing I learned from you while on the competition was that no matter what somebody tells you, they recognize that this is a competition and they are not there to help you win. Right. Like um, we had and thanks to Jimmy for a lot of it, really, he had he had a bit of integrity to season three and that, that, you know, that gave us the idea. And that was the whole kumbaya part that they hated, it seemed, um, was that we were saying things or, you know, everybody was regurgitating the same kind of phrase. Like, I want to beat you at your best so that I can feel the best. And Mm -hmm. I, at least, I think many of us did. We felt it. However, then I started to see the way these things were going. I was like, I mean, because we had already decided, okay, Josh can get the shit. Mm -hmm. But then inside of there, there's still shitty tattoos, you know, there's still tattoos that aren't going to win. And then Mm -hmm. you start to see how those get put out. Uh, For me, when when Jason Clay Dunn uh, gave me the Coliseum and then he gave uh, Jackie something that I would have rather done, the uh, Stonehenge. Right. And I was like fuck you dude you know like i gave you the dragon when you wanted the dragon like i specifically did that for you i was like this is your shit right here you go now you failed at it but that isn't i gave you the opportunity so don't you want to give me the same kind of you know and he was like well she makes my breakfast (laughs) Mm -hmm. i couldn't be mad at him anymore because he gave me that cute little porky pig smile that he's got well and then also you got to think about like the situation it's not like you it's not like everybody gets a list of what the tattoos are pictures of everything and gets to sit down and have a homie huddle right that doesn't happen so you have to hope that they understand what you think is the easiest which is different for everybody so everybody's got their own dialogue going in their brain 
hoping that this one person all is repeating his each person's dialogue and is going to do what each one of them think. But in fact, that person might be going through anxiety, which is what I went through on my first full pick. And I couldn't even yeah. remember who the fuck, what tattoos were what. In fact, I gave myself the one of the worst ones because I got confused. And I gave fucking um, Craig the one I wanted. Which one but did Craig get? Everybody gets mad at me because I didn't do what they were hoping. Jimmy got all <laughs> butt hurt. It's like, bro, I didn't even remember. I literally was so worried. How could anybody that. be mad at what you give them after we were all giving you that was the crap. beginning. That was the beginning. Okay. That was like when I had that first skull pick or that second okay. skull pick or something like that, right? That's really what turned everybody because Jimmy got so mad that I didn't give him what he wanted that he literally went around and told everybody that I was a little bitch and then I'm a piece of shit and to fuck that guy, he's a piece of shit. He knows oh, I don't remember this. Guy, and this is my time to shine. And he's oh, a piece okay. Of shit. You know, yeah, he was not happy that he didn't get the new test. And he didn't do it. What the fuck is wrong with him? He's supposed to do what I tell him. What, you know, he's supposed to envision everything for me and give me right. what I couldn't even think in that moment, bro. I was so worried about doing it fast because the production company was making it, me feel like if I didn't hurry up, I was costing them money. Right. So when I in reality, now we see them, they take more time with their thought and make it a more thoughtful process. Right. But they were like, thing. good job. Good job in doing it fast. So I thought I had done good. I'm like, yeah. I got my good, my attaboy from the production company. And then everybody's <laughs> mad at me. I'm like, fuck, I guess I should have stopped and asked everybody what they wanted first instead of just handing these fuckers out. Because guess what? I already knew that it wouldn't have mattered which ones I gave to which person. It doesn't change your tattoo skills. Right. No, it doesn't matter. No. And there is no bad tattoo. There is no well, bad tattoo. there's bad Whatever skin. Story they That's what we found. Right. I mean, there's I, I, always bad skin. If you can't tattoo on bad skin, you shouldn't be tattooing. There's no such thing as right. bad you skin. Right, you can't win with a bad skin necessarily. You sure can. Have you? I mean, didn't you watch Tattoo Baby get that Phoenix? With that, I don't know if she won the fucking Yeah, thing, but, but that was the worst skin in the whole competition, bro. Yeah, but... And, I got, and yes, I got that fucking <laughs> side piece where that girl had just lost 100 pounds and I did the star on her side. That's why it took so long, even though everybody okay. was mocking me. Right. She had the worst skin I've ever tattooed and I won the challenge. Yeah. So no, getting a bad skin doesn't exist. That's a, that's a faulty thought, right? There's no such thing as bad skin. There's just How many times people. have you seen a canvas with black or dark skin win? Cause I feel well, like never. That's probably because people don't really understand how to do tattoos that are successful on that skin because they're trying yes. to do the tattoos that shine, right? On well, I feel other, like if I have like some sick the same thing. tattoo on one uh, on you know one where I have an easier time creating contrast, or one that looks like I did it on you know something that's darker that I can't create the same contrast, then uh, oh. yeah, you can't win. And I, I would say like. that's that's a pretty extreme situation because I don't know how many like really, really, really dark, like un, like unreadable canvases that they offer. Right. If there were maybe some people with some darker skin, but it wasn't like that. It was, it's, it's that dark skin that you could almost, almost looks lighter with the right camera angle or the right lighting or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody really liked that dark. That was, that, right. that's the thing was going to be the same fucking color. You know what I'm saying? That's the stuff that you really avoid. And the, those, those situations are, opportunities like if somebody did something on darker skin that was obviously very thoughtful and understanding of that skin had tons of contrast 
very simple, very wide and open and just really easy to read and just super fits the guy's body. They could, somebody could have won if they would have done that, but nobody, you know, people are so specialized. Well, one of the things that reminds me about that is when Craig Foster tattooed um, the back of the leg, we were doing scars and he did like a dog biting the back of the leg of a guy, I believe. Uh-huh. And it was really good. And they took some time to really compliment him and to show he was like, well, I guess you can, even though they say that, you know, the dark skin is rough for that. I guess the, all the judges sat around, they pat him on the back and they said, great job. And then they gave the win to tattoo baby that day. So it was like, wait a second, you guys all just like, just because he did a good job though, doesn't mean he did a better tattoo than her. Right. I ain't saying, but at the same time, I don't know. I think he, I think he kind of did. You know, actually, who I thought did the best tattoo that day was Jackie Jennings. The way she covered up that scar with the um, hourglass wasn't it an hourglass, right? That was a she tough. Did. That was a tough, you, uh, uh, flash challenges are tough because a lot of times they choose the winner for the better. Like, what's more conducive to the story? If they have three or four tattoos that are kind right. of all good, like they'll p- easily pick the one that's not the best if it's more conducive to the story. And by conducive to the story, you mean driving drama or what? No, like um, there's always a flash challenge judge, right? An extra judge. Mm -hmm. And what kind of like they might like better might be more impactful than what is actually better, right? Or what, what like victim, right? There was like the, not there's, there was the person we didn't, people that made, we we made the dog tags for. And there was, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Those stories were a big part of the the people's stories, right. individual stories. So the more impactful individual story, if you have three or four and it's like, well, these are all fine. It's obviously we didn't expect any of them to be good. These are all fine, but this person has a really interesting story. That person's more likely to win because they want to give the air to the really, you know, the compelling story. Now that so also though sets up a certain amount of um, contrived or even conspiratorial uh, outlook. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the, there's, there was the car uh, grills that we did, right? Uh, Guess who won? The fucking, the the people that the guy liked because he likes flames. It wasn't the best one. It was the one that, because there was no way to really judge the best one because it's fucking artwork. So what they're doing (laughs) is they're posing this idea that somehow an artist has to be able to do every style of art within their craft right and that somehow some of those can be judged as good or bad from each other because of people's ability to judge right but in reality what they like themselves right or whatever right like whatever thing they whatever rules they can think of to kind of create these boundaries about what something Mm -hmm. should be right so then they just so then they pose this idea Right. It's not reality. It's just them posing these ideas so people can kind of. But the problem is, is people turn it into reality. Right. Then they go onto your Instagram and they decide they judge your tattoos. They go, oh, that doesn't look like shit. It's like, dude, this is the second session. I'm just showing prop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. Right. I think that they now are judges because they think that's how they're supposed to think. But that looks terrible. I can tell because the car grill you did. Mm -hmm. What 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 car did you have? What, what grill did you guys? Uh, make? It was the one with like uh, the filigree, like the, uh, the two skulls facing two each skulls other. and filigree, which really uh-huh. would you say that was more difficult to do that one than it would have been? I mean, technically, my own opinion, it was takes, that, takes that one's the, harder to do. It, it's totally uh, symmetrical. It's total, here's the issue, right? 
it was really easy for me to do, but that's because I just happened to have done tons and tons of shit in my life and have a weird uh, ability to adapt. As I struggle with social things, mm-hmm. I excel with hand and eye coordination. Technical things. things like that. Yeah, it's very easy for me. So well, if I compare the winning one to that one and I look at Joey's, uh, which was on a hot rod, the coolest mm-hmm. car there. Am I not wrong? That was right. Like if well, you looked out at those seas of cars and you had to pick one, that was the one you wanted to pick. Right. No one wanted the Lincoln with all the straight lines. Right. And certainly the flame job on that would not have worked. But right. when you do flames, the nice thing about them is they don't have to be consistent. They don't have to be symmetrical. Um, all those little differences actually just make them look more like flames. Right. So when you, when you do filigree, then you have something to judge against itself. Now, I'm thinking that there's a higher degree of difficulty or technical ability in the filigree, though, because of that same. But I don't know that it was judged well, like that. And then if they would have actually came and judged the process, if they would have seen how each thing was performed and how skillfully some people did it and how other people might have struggled with certain things right. or, then they would have really been able to judge it but that's that shows not about judging well the the judges were right there watching the whole time i mean they weren't i was lying they fucking took off like they always do yeah like that. were they, they there i don't remember them being they there they, they they're fucking never there unless they're on the camera they're very right. very rarely there because that's right. the they thing. went out for a nice lunch right this isn't a, it's not a show about judges judging Right. The judging is used to create the show that it is, which is it's a show about conflict. Right. That's what they told me. Right. Because I was it's like, what the fuck? I thought conflict. this was a tattoo show. And they're like, no, this is not a tattoo show. This is a show about conflict. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, OK, well, that's a lot easier to understand why the fuck conflict is winning the fucking, you know, why I'm able the to. Day. Right. I'm not like, the, not the competition, but the day. How does the starfish win? But the Bane doesn't win. You know what I'm saying? Well, because the conflict was there for the Bane not to win, and the conflict was there for the starfish to win. I'm sorry. I took my mic off to cough for a second, so maybe... Sorry, I don't know where we were at, too. It's about conflict. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just about trying to understand, like, from an actual objective perspective, what it is that Ink Masters is. That's what I'm trying to... That's Who told you that it was about conflict? Was it Andrea or was it one of the lower producers? I don't remember. My My brain doesn't... I don't I'm not guessing that you're wrong. I'm just wondering how much because I was never told that and how many other people like it might have been something that you were asking that set them to tell you that. Specifically asked. Yeah, I specifically asked, what is this? I thought this was a show about tattoos because I was just like very confused by what was going on. And they were like, no, you are wrong. This is the show about conflict. And I think that maybe they were okay giving me that information just because I was the one that was already causing the conflict. Right. right. Like, yeah. Cool. Just keep doing what you're doing, bro. Right. Doing good. You got it. You got this. Which Everybody's sure going to love you. Like, it didn't feel very good. And then, you know, like to have them kind of celebrate you in the moment. And then as soon as you get eliminated, the second time was worse because they actually escorted me out with security. But the first what? time it was like, yeah, it was fucking Oh, because of the weed or something? Weed thing. Mm-hmm. It had to make well, You were going to you were going to suddenly break bad and start just knocking people's heads in or something. There was no sense like, of it. It was just for the show. <laughs> it didn't make any sense at all. It was just to kind of, what did they take? Did they take video of you walking out with security then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. It was just for the show. It was no, it you was just fucking for the show. criminal. It you. made me feel like shit, right? Like I'm, yeah. a, like I'm a criminal now. What the fuck is this? But the first time, well, welcome to my like, world. 
Right. <laughs> it's not so bad once you settle in. It's like a hot tub. It burns at first, but then you get you kind of like it. <laughs> no, I didn't like it. But yeah, but now, hey, now that you're a criminal, that's the image you put on your Clucci shit because it wraps, it goes right in with the rap genre. Dude, I don't know what image to put on the Clucci shit. I'm fucking confused because, especially yeah. with these people I'm about to do this video with, they're like, where do, do you got the car? Like, do you have access to the cars? And I'm like, the cars, I can use them. You can use my car. And they're like, no, <laughs> the, the, for the video, bro. And I'm like, oh. What's yeah, it mean? Like you got to have swaggy cars or something, drippy cars. That was the, it. Was like how it's like. How do you not know this, bro? And I was like, oh well, I do know. Like my dad grew up in the dealership, and you know the car industry, so I do have right. access to the private dealership um, where we can get those cars. But I didn't, you know. So I gave them the people, and they're gonna they're gonna work it all out. But really, fucking, I was just super confused because I'm not like I drive a fucking 2022 Kia Soul. <laughs> you're not taking it that that's that's not going to be the uh, rap video you just definitely have... that's not the way to do it so i've got to figure out like my image i guess because it's uh, definitely not that but what is it then i don't even know you know what i'm saying like how do i figure this out me with Ooh, the chain, yeah. it's just like easy to it just you know what i'm saying like well, until i don't i don't know man. too much of that that isn't you though it feels like it starts to be something i don't care to see not that but i'm always that way with almost all rap and if you're exactly. rapping about your spinning wheels, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about Unless your new shoes. About how you learn to be more humble. And now, you, you know what I'm saying? But, but if <laughs> okay, a lesson yes. is how awesome you are and how you have the pussy and money and shit. Like, I have so tired songs of it. that mm -hmm. kind of have that, that tone, but they're about something. They're not, you know, like I have a song that's about, yeah. called Mile High that I just wrote. And it's just about kind of being a slut. But it was about my dad. And the way he acted when I was a kid and the reason that my mom left him after three cheating and the reason mm -hmm. that I had a fucking evil stepdad and my life was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's not just a, about getting pussy. It's a story about my life, you know, that I can actually, you know, really understand and, and I can express in a way that is actually authentic. And it comes off different. I think too, it doesn't just sound like the normal, you know, like I'm the fucking badass song. I can't imagine that your songs aren't going to sound different. Um, you know, yeah, than the, than the average. I'm, I'm honestly, I hope the rest of the world's getting fucking fed up with it too. Like, I get it that you're wearing those shoes. I can see them. I have eyes. I don't right. need a whole wrap and bars yeah. around it. They're not. No, you can you can find them. Uh, but maybe yours are better than mine. Which you know, kudos to you for putting so much passion into your shopping. However. However, Meanwhile, there's real problems and real things that people are dealing with on a real basis. Um, here's where it becomes a legitimate thing to consider doing. It's mm -hmm. when you have set a fucking goal that has finances attached to it, right? So I want to sell okay. 100 million albums in a month. I want to make $100,000 that month. And I'm going to set a reward for myself. If I, let's just say, let's just say, that hundred thousand dollars, I'm gonna reward myself with that sick ass fucking pair of sneakers that I'm never gonna wear, and I'm just gonna see that as a trophy to my accomplishment. And then when I make that first million, I'm gonna reward myself with that twenty thousand dollar fucking Rolex that I'm gonna put in a box on my thing, and it's gonna be a, a you know a trophy to, yeah. to to signify that I'm actually going up this hill and i'm successful it is achieving a tr it's more about showing your goals 
that you have achieved. Reminding yourself. Because it will will burn that that fire more, right? Burns the fire more. Yeah, you're like, fuck yeah, I got to this step. Now what's next? All right, the roles. Okay, well, let's see. I'll get $100 million and then I'll build, then I'll buy a couple of Rolls Royces just because that's a signifier that I'm continuing to create bounty and a future for myself. I'm hoping that if I'm buying a Rolls Royce, it's because I invested my money into some real estate or something and it paid off so well that now I need to use that money for something like a Rolls Royce, right? Like that's what I'm hoping for. Because your charity is already set up and you done bought a bunch of houses for the lower Because the charity's already set up. The neighborhood is being built. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The office office buildings are being built. We're starting a technology company that's creating the next wave of VR headset. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Like the money's actually being managed properly. And this benefit that's coming from not only my ability to achieve this successful moment and get this first money but my intelligence and my willingness to take the long game and actually invest that money and only reap the rewards from the investment because that money will that invested money gives you a reward but it keeps on growing bro you don't just waste your money and then it's gone and then you have shoes it keeps growing and it keeps paying you that keeps giving you that reward you know what i'm saying have have you ever seen the show westworld i know this way off top from where i don't think so I've heard of it. No, interesting. I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Hopkins. Um, in this show, Westworld, though, they create humans out of Android. They make androids and then they make them be human. And the more the, the only way they could make them be human, they found. Oh, I the did number watch one thing they did. You did watch it. I watched every episode. I fucking loved that show, bro. It was season two. It just got shit. Right? Did you watch? I didn't. I just gave up. I was like, Anthony's dead. Fucking oh no, I watched shows. all of it. I don't remember right what on. happened when I watched all of it. Yeah. It started getting into some weird, like more like, hey, let's try and show them some Android porn or something and make them fight all the time, give them lots of action scenes. When Anthony Hopkins was involved, it seemed like it was really about exploring what humanity was, you know? And yep. they come to that point where he says, uh, where he, he recognized that suffering was integral to the human experience. And yep. they actually had to program their androids with true suffering so that they could then start to be humans. Right. But then they revolted from the suffering because it was a lot. At any rate, man. Um, Cause that's almost that like makes- human existence, right? That's like the purpose of living almost. If you don't, if you're not focused on finding your passion and following this positive thing, it very much can be about suffering. And trying well, to even that suffering. your passion is probably built off of suffering and getting away from it or suffering exactly. that you've experienced unique to you. And usually exactly. that suffering is you more unique than anything else. Nine Inch Nails has a line um, in one of their early, early songs uh, that you can't have my suffering. Right. right? Isn't that what it is? And I kind of get it like that. Like, no, I don't want to share this with you, right? And, and there's an amount of that in the imaginations or the worries of appropriation of culture between races and things like that. Because it's like, no, you can't have my struggle. Like, that's mine. And, that's fine, and the reason that is, yeah. is because it makes me me. No. My, my suffering is more unique me than my enjoyment. Because everybody enjoys chocolate cake and ice cream, you know? Right. So... Like my suffering, though, like, so I don't, you made me think of that when you mentioned, why did my dad have to be a slut climbing for, for your mile high song? Right. Why, yeah. why did I have to have um, a, fa- a, a father that made me suffer? 
or no, a stepfather that then made me suffer. Right. But then we're, we're here too. And you are now this driven person with a desire to stop suffering for you and others that are close to you that you love. And you're using the suffering that makes you unique to write songs and, and think on that whole, I don't know. I guess it kind of goes in a circle for me. You know, when you mentioned, I love it. You're with it. Yeah. I love it. That's totally truth. I've definitely thought about that a lot recently went with just uh, trying to use certain tools to cope with things better in life. So one of them is like intense feeling. Um, it's like, so I'll like a physical extreme physical experience can kind of pull you out of whatever your body's trying to do to you. Right. Or making you feel or think. So I'll, I'll wake up. I usually feel pretty shitty in the morning, just tired and overwhelmed. And so I'll get in my shower and I'll do a hot shower. That's comfortable, but I always turn it to cold water for at least 10 seconds now. And at first it was just so fucking difficult. Um, but now it's something that is just really enjoyable. But it's like the suffering is really only it's all, like, like, like we talked about last time, spitting up the apple, right? It's like not there's no real good or bad. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like it's all about how you perceive things and what you choose to desire. And I don't so desire- suffering can be good. There are people who find it to be a sexual turn on. Even. Well, think about this. Think about how bad comfort can be. And just all the different yeah. ways you can get comfort. And if your if your desire in life is to constantly seek comfort, you're going to be my dad. You're going to be cheating. You're going to be die of heroin. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you're going to have mm-hmm. this life that might be full of comfort in some ways, but it's also your suffering is going to be definitely magnified by that, and your life is going to be. Rich. Are you familiar with much Buddhism at all? You know, my my daughter's mom is Buddhist. Okay, and I am familiar with how the Buddhist beliefs impact the um, exercise of mindfulness. And that's about okay. Yeah. Well, my understanding of Buddhism is kind of rudimentary. I don't have anybody really close practicing it. Um, one of the girls on the show that I tattooed on our season, she was a college professor and she um, was like, do you mind if I send you a book? I don't want to offend you. I was like, I won't be offended. So she sent me the art of happiness by a psychiatrist and the Dalai Lama. And it kind of finds where psychiatry and, and uh, Buddhism match up. Right. And the nice part about Buddhism is it evolves and it doesn't imagine it knows anything. So it is in the pursuit of better living and, and intelligence. But right. in that, the number one thing that they talk about is the, the goal of life is to limit suffering and suffering basically comes from desire. Like if your desire is for comfort, Mm -hmm. then you are not going to be happy unless you're comfortable. But if you don't desire comfort, if you don't think good or bad on it and you, then you're not going to be bothered by it. Not saying that that is the goal. Uh, Moreover saying that you're unique. You figure it out. Yeah. You know, we can't know. I say we like I'm a Buddhist. I'm not, but uh, I, I find that interesting. Uh, when applied here too, with the same ideas of suffering and why did you have to go through what you had to go through? Um, but you wouldn't be an artist. I don't, or I generally find without an amount of trauma. I don't think that we have artists. Do you think you would have been an artist if it wasn't for the, the traumas of your, of your youth? No, my, um, art 
and music because I was pretty much like one of my first thoughts that I could even remember was I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a famous musician. Right. So mm -hmm. the art was always just trying to, a way to get there, but that's always been directly related to the trauma. Ooh, really? Definitely. The fame especially, that especially you desired was even, huh? even the fame that you desired was related uh, to the trauma. Right. Because it was about my dad and it was about me seeing mm -hmm. his potential and the things that he wanted, he'd be playing guitar all the time and just talking about music and talking about all these musicians. And you get to see how badly he wanted it, but he would never voice it. He would never voice his desire. And so then okay. I wanted it. No manifestation. I, when I was a little kid, I would imagine myself up on stage and then I would call my dad up on stage and we would play together on stage. And he would get to have that experience. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I almost, I'm almost crying at this moment because it's no, I get it. You got me having chills too, you piece of shit. <laughs> because I don't know that I didn't feel the same way with my, my father was um, physically uh, handicapped of some sorts, I guess. I don't know how I'd say it. he, but he had, he had epilepsy. So right. it, it wasn't like a physical handicap anybody would see, but every once in a while, my dad would start breakdancing in front of a fucking party and it was not comfortable, you know? Like it was like you didn't know. And people freaking out about it, too, would sometimes get to you because you, you just knew that's what dad did. You know, he's mm -hmm. been doing it since I was born. But mm -hmm. I always wanted to to uh, be able to. I don't know. I always wanted him to have a seizure while we were driving so I could save us from from him. Safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wonder that that's the same. I never really cared so much for fame as a kid or thought much about it until I was in my teens. Right. Um, and my, my father had already passed at that point. Right. So I wonder if that's changed a bit of um, my desires. I've never really cared for fame so much as uh, I saw other people did, you know? Right. I was like, yeah, that'd be cool to be a rock star, but I'm not driven by it. I like, I like studying famous people who like yourself. I'm going to put you in that category because I know you're going there. Not that you're not already there, but uh, I look forward to seeing this with your music. If it yeah. if if your description of a song and how it makes you feel can give me chills and I know you to be a competent artist, uh, then I can't see how that can't move people too. you know, when, when does this song drop? Um, what are you talking Mile about? High. Mile High. Oh, is it? I don't know yet. That's like I've got probably six or seven songs ahead of it. Um, I don't know exactly. I kind of want to drop it right away just because uh -huh. it's really good. It's just like the whole thing is singing too, which is pretty cool. But I've got another one coming out like on the seventh or eighth that's called um, Sometimes. And this one is about cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And it's about, um, I'm really excited. It's actually the first song that I wrote uh, that started this whole thing. I kind of got through my therapy and I said, I just like kind of had a free mind and I decided to sit down and write a song with a friend of mine. And we came up with the words for this together. And then I went home that night, put it together, recorded it the next day. And I was like, oh, shit, I think I finally got one. Um, got one what? I mean, like you have several song. songs. After, like, I've been doing <laughs> okay. it for 11 years, bro. I've been doing it for 11 okay. years. I've been putting out songs for that long under Joshua Keys. I just nobody. I just didn't tell anybody because right. I'm not going to, you know, it's, I'm learning. I'm figuring it out. I'm, I'm developing. So I was like, finally, I got one. Like, if this is the first song that I really feel like nobody could tell me that there's that it's a bad song. Like everybody's going to like this fucking song, unless you just don't like this kind of music. But if you, right. even if you like music, it's different enough to where, and, and I started getting that reaction. I started showing people and people were like actually going, what the fuck? 
this is fucking sick. Um, so this is about cancel culture and it's just kind of goes through the, the fucking things that people do sometimes. That's why it's called sometimes. I mean, and it's like, goes just all, all through it. I've been drinking all night. I've been feeling fight or flight. I've been, you know, I've been fucking acting like a cunt. I've been acting like Trump. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just all through every single thing that you could, not every single thing, but, but a long right. list of all this stuff that people label each other for and say that you're not good enough. And say that you know what I'm saying say that, and it's a lot of stuff like fucking your girl. I'm fucking your girl. I'm fucking cheating on my wife. I'm doing drugs. All these things. Everybody. These hoes ain't loyal, huh? I don't know. Like these hoes ain't loyal. I don't, that always sticks out to me because the the statement itself, these hoes, uh, yeah, yeah. shows but no the, value, right? right? And then to yeah. expect that they would be loyal seems like yeah. well, that just goes against intelligence. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. also when it is the plural of hoes, then are they possibly your hoes? Oftentimes hoes are kind of there's a possessive uh, part of it. So now they're plural. Did you expect that you had several of them and that right. they would be uh, they would be monogamous, whereas you obviously are not? Well, like this the song specifically is meant to take the labels away and say, well, everybody's a hoe. Everybody's a Karen. Everybody has done, you know, like everybody's a Kyle. I like it already. Everybody's a Kyle sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Everybody struggles. Everybody has days that are shitty. So if so, if we you know what I'm saying, if we constantly talk about what other people are doing, then we continue to fucking push this really disgusting culture of judgment. But if we come out and just say the things that we've been through, that we've done, that maybe takes a little bit of power away from that cancel culture. If I'm coming right out and saying I've been addicted to drugs, I've been in, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in situations that I don't think I'm very proud of. I'm ashamed of myself. You know what I'm saying? Like I've done fucked up things. I've I said do. fucked up. Things. I've been in situations. If you say that, that takes away the power of other people saying that about you. Doing it against you. The Eminem yeah. thing, then, right? It's like tell exactly. these motherfuckers something they don't know about me. Exactly. I'm that's an like, open book. Like, that was that, and that wasn't you know like every song that I write. Um, I don't usually even really know what it's about until after I'm done writing it. Um, and then I get to listen to it and go, okay, what does this mean to me? And, and usually it's some deep shit. Usually it's like, okay, I needed this. I needed this song for myself to grow as right. a person. I needed to express these ideas in order to feel, you know, like I'm living my life and living my true self. And possibly in control of those same ideas. Yeah. Now that you've voiced them, said them, and you framed them as they are. Now you can hang them and place them as you like exactly or or leave them in the past if i want to you know that was why i wrote the there's a song that was already out called uh don't go away that's about my dad and it really helped me just kind of go through that grieving process and like letting that go you know what i'm saying yeah do you think that by your dad's absence it also gave you a feeling of of desire for fame as you saw him wanting fame but also you wanted his attention to some extent. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I wonder his, how, how his relationship with his father was in the same fashion. If he was, um, unfortunately, allow, I see it as, as making mistakes. I don't know that it is. Everybody leads, leads a different life. But I'm not going to be happy cheating on my wife because right. that's not going to keep me with the woman that loves me. And it's like, 
I'm getting old. Someone's going to have to clean it up, man. I already know my, right. it, my, my stuff might stop working. <laughs> right. He was really young at the point. And if you look at it through his perspective or had tried to have empathy mm-hmm. for the situation, which I have tried in my life, I've asked him. Oh yeah. Um, I imagine you have, he yeah. was, he was in a situation that where he felt that cheating was the best choice. Not saying that it was, but he mm-hmm. felt that it was. So what does that speak about the situation that he was in? It wasn't one that right. he was going to have a loving wife. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that wasn't, I follow. Fuck wasn't happening. Like, you know, there, there was some mm-hmm. other, there, the thing that happens and that's what people lose their compassion. The thing that happens that affects you that somebody else might've controlled. Isn't the only fucking thing that happened. Something else happened to them. Yeah. Something else was going on that you might not see or understand. And if you just look that. at the one thing that happened to you that they did, then yeah, be mad, be hurt. They're a piece of shit. You could judge them all day. But if you look at it at, at, in a little bit more, humane way and actually see their humanity as a person and realize that everybody's doing the best that they can even if you're fucked up you're still yeah. in that moment you're really like you know what i'm saying now you can give them the like leeway that. yeah and honestly like that, you can have an one of the reasons possibly to do just that to give people that leeway to be human and make mistakes and to be have flaws and still be a good human uh is because when you do that you decrease the amount of stress that you feel yourself because right. now you can expect that other people will give you that same cushion, you know, that same, you also give it to yourself. You say, Hey, I'm and you also give it to yourself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to see everybody is doing the, the best that they can. Well, guess what? I'm fucking doing the best that I can too. Yesterday I did the best of that, that I could, that chick, she waited as long as she could without me yeah. showing, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We both did the best yeah. they could. Unfortunately it didn't work out. Like it, she left happy. She got her money. I felt great that I didn't um, leave somebody feeling like hating me. You know what I'm saying? So that's the best that I could do that day. It really was, really was. And it was the best she could do too. For whatever reason, I don't know what was going on with her. I don't know why, why she had to have that reaction, but she did the best she could for that moment. That's fine. Why wouldn't you go to Germany with me, man? What's up with that? It really hurt my feelings. I didn't want, I, I didn't like you at the time. No, I'm joking. No, you didn't go. <laughs> I was yeah, almost going to go too because I was like, dude, if you guys just pay for the ticket for my girl, I'll, I'll we'll go. Yeah. And they were like, no, we won't pay for her ticket. You have to go by yourself. And I'm like, when? And they're like, it's like October and September. And I'm like, dude, it's going to be fucking freezing there. I don't right. want to go do that. And there was no real intention on you and I even going together from them. They gave us any dates that we could pick from right. in, those, in that time frame. And, and there it was, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was to celebrate Jägermeister, but I don't even drink. <laughs> and Jägermeister is not my preferred alcohol, for sure. I'm not going to go to fucking Jägermeister place. Like, what is that? How do I benefit from that in any way, shape, or form? I'm going to sit on some long ass train probably and see Germany, but it's going to be like all this traveling. Well, the itinerary to- was just that. Did you look over the itinerary? I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. So what we did, at least that they showed me, we landed at some time in the in the morning to afternoon and then hotel straight or straight to the hotel to check in. You would check in at the hotel and unpack your things and get ready for a train ride the next morning. So you had that night in the hotel. Maybe you could see the city. Then you woke up in the morning, had to pack all your gear up, put it on a train and go to tour the facility. And then you would stay at another hotel there. And then you would go from that hotel in the morning. So you didn't even unpack your shit. You know what I mean? So then you go from that hotel in the morning uh, to the airport and you fly home. Yeah, that sounds stupid. 
Oh, uh, yeah, you have to love Jägermeister. Yeah, no thanks. Do they even have high end Jägermeister? No. They just have <laughs> it's like, Ooh, that's that good shit, man. You got that two thousand bottle dollar bottle of Jaeger, man. Um, but yes, that and yoga. Do you still do it? Oh man, I wish. I want to. I think about it every day. Well, do you think then about, about Mark Longenegger? Okay. <laughs> and I was like, bro, I need to get back in it. And he was just like, you're not doing it. What are you, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. And he just like, he just, I think he might've just sent like a disappointed face, like an emoji or mm-hmm. just said something disappointed. Yeah. And just never said anything to me again after that. I was like, oh. <laughs> so. What was your experience like with Mark? Your fellow contestant. I fucking love that person. He's I, pretty I, amazing. I, I love Mark more than many humans. And he didn't need to know me, if that makes any sense. He's one of those people that didn't need to know me at all in order to offer me love, time, attention, compassion, consistency. You know what I'm saying? He would wake me up yeah. every fucking morning, bro, and make me. And he wouldn't take no as an answer. Oh, yeah? We, we to do yoga or what? And Yeah, we didn't even know each other. Like, we didn't even know. We were just two people there. And he just did that. He just said, hey, Josh, you're getting up and you're doing this with me. Now, why was he not picking anybody else out, you think? I don't know. Or did he try and know everybody else just had a strong? He wanted everybody to do it. Yeah. And then he just realized that I was wanting to do it because I kept showing up. And then he just made sure. And then he just made sure I did it. I don't know. He was awesome. That that motherfucker. He he gave me a perspective of of myself. He helped me Mm -hmm. value my drive. And see awesome. that that's who I am. He gave me that 50 cent, 50, 50 cent book, the, the power what, book. Yeah. 50 laws of power or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That changed my whole perspective. And he wrote a whole letter inside of it and fucking, and sat down and talked to me just about like the difference in our personalities really. And he helped me identify <laughs> like who I am and, and, and to value that and to go, you know what? It's okay that I want and picture my life for a certain thing and a certain idea and that it's not matching up with what many people do. That's okay. Like I can be mm-hmm. more driven and freak people out and make people uncomfortable. I have good intentions. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just, yeah. being, I'm just trying to make something beautiful for myself and I'm driven to make that happen. It's going to happen. And he's, and he just helped me not be scared of that. It was really awesome. He's a beautiful person. Man. I love that. Man. Honestly. He is. Very, very interesting. Uh, you, have you ever gotten to go down and uh, work at a shop then? No, I'm so bummed that I don't have him. And I wish he was in Portland. I would, I would still probably try to hang out with him every single day. But right. yeah, I wish I don't have that. I don't have a relationship with any, him anymore, really. No, I, I, I really. Out, I'm sure. Yeah. But yes. other than that, I haven't, I, ha- I haven't maintained a relationship. Have you him, ever surfed? I've tried a bunch of times. Okay. I bet he would get you out there. It'd probably make me try, but I would explain to him like this probably isn't going to go well because I don't do these kind of things very well. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I don't know. I, I struggled on it. The very first day I surfed with him, we had really we had like six to eight footers and I just couldn't get out there. And that he's talented, man. I, but I was also out of wind like I needed to right. build my wind up that day. The mm-hmm. next day I was able to get out and stuff. But even on, on those days, he didn't there wasn't a lot of learning. It wasn't like you do this, you do this. Right. It was just like, get out there, right? Let, let's right. go. God bless Mark Longnecker. One love. That guy's all respect. 
and yeah. uh, love. I've never really seen him get pissed off. You got to see it. When yeah. uh, when yeah. who he got mad at uh, the judge there that came on. Right. Right. Somebody questioned his uh, his love of tattooing or something. Right. Yeah. That's a bad. Right. Yes. That's a, that's the wrong, that's the wrong thing to question with Mark. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think his work gets, um, because it's got kind of, it almost has a silly look to it. That's what I'll say. Uh, it, the stuff that he really loves is like, uh, what you might see on a, a beer that's made around Cocoa beach. You know, right. once, once you go actually to his area, and he's I probably like, the one that drew the logo, honestly. <laughs> it, it, it fits right in all them surfing skulls, right? Yeah, like I love they're, they're kind of silly. But uh-huh. once you go there and once you you're like, no, it's it's like a locale thing, you know, or like if, if I took New Orleans yeah. art and I put it here in Flint, Michigan, it looks kind of weird. Right. You know, exactly. But it's a whole vibe, man. Yeah, he's, he's got a whole thing going there where it's it's and it, the thing I love about him is that he is such the opposite of Ink Master where he's very specialized, but it's not even a specialty that is popular really publicly. Like, it's not like in our mm-hmm. society, like everybody does this thing. It's his thing that he does. It's very, very unique to him as a person. And that's Believe, like, yeah. very true artistry, if you ask me. Like, I love, I don't care what, how it scales against somebody else. As long as he's getting better every day and trying to push himself and he loves what he's doing. And, and loving it. That's unique. Like, yeah. fucking, that's me that's i would much rather see that than another fucking ultra realism guy that can just copy photos every day you know i and i i am honestly something about that that i find so unique i it happens in my career i bet it happens in yours the people that stick with you the most it happens in marks when you when i when i tattoo next to him at these shows um the people getting his work and it's when it's his work especially and you can see it you know yeah they are exactly that Right. You know, I mean, these completely unique individuals uh, with with they don't care about your concerns of what they're getting because they didn't get it for you. Right. You know, for your like they 100 percent got it for them. They're going to share it with you. And if you don't like it, yeah, fuck you. I love it. Yeah. But uh, Candy says I should probably move on is is because uh, I could probably talk about Mark myself with Mark. If you'll ever get on here, I think he might be scheduled. I hope he well, is. That dude has all my love. That's for sure. Right on. Well, make sure you you contact him again. Get in. Say what up. Make sure you don't leave that that connection. Because hey, you know you know about his music then too. No, I don't. No, you're not aware that Mark has been a DJ uh, for. I mean, since as long as he's been tattooing, I believe. No, I don't know that at all. Uh, wow. Have you ever heard of the movie The Rockers? Uh, nope. A reggae movie? Uh-uh. Okay. Right on. That's completely obscure and not worth a great movie. If anybody's seen The Rockers, it's fucking awesome. Um, if you saw one with a bunch of uh, a Hollywood one, that ain't it. But he, he used that as his album cover at some point. And, and uh, that's when I started to find out. Yeah, every year he puts on at least two to three events where he is the main DJ and mixing up different reggae music with like house music and stuff. That's awesome. So now you got another reason to reach out to him. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Cause you need beats and uh, you need more features. 
Have you not heard his long necker rap then? Uh-uh. Oh my God. But they're amazing. <laughs> Ask him to send you the YouTube of his long neck. He's got a giraffe that, that is his rapping persona. Okay. Because of course awesome. he's got a long neck. So right. <laughs> All right. Well, I leave you with that, brother. Thanks for coming back on and kind of. Yeah, sorry, I'm a little distracted at the end here. I got my, oh, tattoo. my clients texting me. They're here. I got to. No, no, oh, you're fine. In that time constraint. So I got to get set up right now. Clucci, uh, yeah. let me know when I can get on your podcast and let me know more about these drops too. every. What, what's where do we watch for the drops Is it on your Instagram? It's on my Instagram. Yeah, I'm going to announce everything there. And there's okay. a link like the link tree that will go to there's a Clucci Coochie.com website now that's separate from the Portland <laughs> Tattoo Company. Um, it makes it sound, it sounds like you should, it should be a purge, a purse, a really a purse. fashionable purse. I'm going to make a Coochie, Coochie purse for sure. So. Fuck yeah. Make some Coochie purses and some Coochie clutches. It's happening for sure. Definitely. Well, All maybe right. we could get a, get a podcast where we actually listen to one of the songs and kind of go over it. Actually, you know what I'm saying? I'd be into doing you that. Go over what the meaning is. Yeah. Just I talk about that. it. You know, you I can tell me that. your opinion of what you think about it. I would love to hear yeah. that. Well, um, while you had that, that's a, that's a start point for your own podcast is to have okay, so people we, on to am, listen to your own music. What am I going to name my first, what am I going to name my podcast? I've been struggling with that. Oh, really? You got to help me. Uh, how about, how about uh, my fans can help you? Yeah, that's great. And that's what great. I believe these podcasts are about. That's why I try and talk to my, my viewers. Hey, how you doing that's why I, hey, I call them viewers that's foolish listeners but that's why i try and talk to my listeners i'd want to engage with them on the comments and stuff i hope nobody's too mad about me talking about the self-diagnosis and why i think hey calm down hey, you know that <laughs> like, was my who? first reaction i actually lost a friend over it because i was like hey i think i might be like have finally figured out what the fuck's going on with me and he was just like you can't self-diagnose that's absolutely the you're wrong kidding thing. me People are set. And he was just like so upset about it that he stopped talking to me. And we were neighbors. Like we were living in the same this building is, bro, every day. This is a huge problem, especially with autism in America. Am I wrong? Uh, Misdiagnoses are huge. That's yes. Misdiagnoses are huge. I don't know about with the autism. I think not diagnosing it is a huge problem. Well, my my brother was letting me like he's all into these facts now. You know, he's got his head out of meth, and he's he has to. He's he, I'm amazed. At him. I love the man. He's gone far with it, and he's really helping people. That's you awesome. Know? Um, and that's it. We were talking about this, about you, about the self diagnoses, and uh, and he's like, dude, you have no fucking idea. Like the numbers of people that he deals with that are um, undiagnosed. And, and and people write them off so quickly because they've already become addicts. Mm -hmm. So now they're a, a non-diagnosed addict that found drugs because of the problems, the, the traumas well, and all these about, things in their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you think about what happens to like, the, if you look at statistically, most autistic people um, suffer severe depression, suffer drug and alcohol abuse as an adult and, and a very high percentage die early of suicide these like are the people that he was making me aware of yesterday when he was saying the the a bigger problem than self-diagnosing and being wrong in america is not getting diagnosed at all and right. having things go wrong and because support structures are not there for you, you. Don't know 
you don't know how to ask for it. You don't know that you're okay. No. You think and a lot of times your family will turn away from getting you diagnosed. Because they're you afraid. Know, there's not a lot. Well, yeah, and they're just like, you got to stop doing that. You're acting weird. You're not right. talking to your grandmother. You're not looking people in the eye. Well, and, for me, and it now was the stigma too, grows. Bro. For me, it, for it, me was it was like, for me, it was like beating the fuck out of me. That's why I was, that's why I'm somewhat able to be who I am. Physically? Physically, my stepdad would fucking beat the shit out of me every day, starting at four years old because of my autism. And so then I had to learn when you, when you're autistic, you do something called masking, which is just mm -hmm. like behavior that makes it seem like you are able to think through things and react through things normally. But in fact, it's just behavior that you've learned. But I learned yeah. that shit at four years old because I was beaten into learning it. Act correctly now, you know, act normal now. And I had to. So I didn't, right. even know, I didn't have the I didn't even have the thought that could be used to identify that I might have autism until I was way into my adulthood doing all this mental health stuff. Was you your know? father, your stepfather, was your stepfather beating you? Was he scared the way it made him look or something? Well, or I mean, you could assume those things as an adult. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out why you would be like at four years old with any any kind of because that's how physical he pain that's how he for social actions or whatever seems wrong, you know. Right. Okay, my that's how he was taught. I, I, I gotta let you. I don't want to. Hey, I don't want to. Obviously, do we got to do this again. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. We'll talk. Uh, thanks for talking to me, brother. I love we'll it. We'll schedule another one. We'll do part three. I'm looking forward to it, Clucci. Have a good All one, right. brother. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you.